0: Very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat them up. Enjoy. Hello and welcome. This week, we are doing something a little bit different. We're catching up on some of the media that we've been uh, listening to, watching, reading this summer. Um, So in lieu of a feeling it section, we're going to be talking about that and we're going to be talking about some trailers that have come out. But before we get into that, go ahead and introduce yourself and answer the question, what would get you to see Tenet in theaters this weekend?
1: I'm Sandra Omstetz, I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. And that's a complicated question. Um, <laughs> I th- you know, the most naive part of me thinks if they stopped eating in theaters and masks were required and everyone was kept their masks on the entire time, that I could maybe be okay with that. But then I think about how people don't really follow rules, especially at the big chain theaters. And I get discouraged all over again. So maybe if I were doing it at a theater, I trusted like a local indie that I know enforces rules. Um, Or my second answer to that question is if a bunch of... Once a bunch of epidemiologists are saying like, okay, it's okay to go to a movie theater with these provisions, then I would be on board
0: for it. Um, I'm a strategy designer in Chicago, and I'm I'm on the same page. I feel like once <laughs> once people start saying that that's okay to do, because right now most experts are saying like that's one of the worst situations to be in, is right. in closed space with a lot of people for a long period of time, a lot of people eating um, and with masks off right. and uncirculated air. So if I have proof that theaters have updated their air to get more circulation and people... Um, are forced to wear masks continuously with no uh, food being served. All of that could possibly get me in there. But like you said, with the <laughs> – um, I don't trust people anymore. No. So that's – it's it's not going to happen. And
1: there's a difference between like when you go to a store that mass, where masks are required and some people might I be wearing them, you can see it, you know? And like you right. could avoid – like kind of try to walk far away from those mm-hmm. people. Or But in a movie theater – Everyone's facing the same direction, the lights are off. So, like, the people who want to break that rule can do so very easily. And that's scary.
0: I think for me, in general, I would love for this movie not to be coming in theaters yet so so right. part of me is also like nobody should go because we shouldn't even be opening theaters except
1: yet. <laughs> for people in other countries who deserve to see True. it because yeah. they got their shit together
0: for sure outside the united states go for it yeah. but inside the united states we should not be opening theaters right
1: now. basically my biggest issue and this applies to both movie theaters and all eating establishments is i here, here let me have a soapbox for a second. I am so angry that people are eating in restaurants right now. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. And it's happening all over my city. And you, there's no need to do it. Just don't eat in a restaurant right now. Because in order to eat in a restaurant, you have to take your mask off. So that should be yep. the rule. If you're indoors somewhere, you must have a mask on the entire time. No exceptions yep. for eating. Yep. Yesterday, I, agree. I got worked up about this because I'm you know, i still picking up food from restaurants. And most of the time I'm doing curbside, um, this one particular time curbside wasn't an option and I had to walk in and pick it up inside and wait for my food to get ready and, you know, grab it. And there were all these people eating inside that restaurant and it was very frustrating to have to stand inside a room full of people wearing, not wearing masks. And, yeah. and it's it's the most selfish thing to me. You can still buy food from restaurants. You know what I mean? Just take it yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> I don't understand this need to eat at the restaurant.
0: I agree. I'm 100% overeating at restaurants. My house is super comfortable. Yeah, so. I mean,
1: here's the thing. Do I miss eating in a restaurant personally? Sure. But it's... Very low on the totem pole of things I miss and things that are totally. n- necessary to do. <laughs> eat at your own house. If you want to eat with someone who doesn't live in your house and you're risking being with them anyway, go eat at their house. You totally. know what I mean? Like, don't make, don't put us all at risk by eating at this restaurant, especially because it's like all the staff is wearing masks the whole time. And it is just the most classic sense of I deserve to feel protected by you wearing a mask. But you don't deserve to get protected because you're the staff here.
0: I think that's what makes me most uncomfortable yes. about going out and eating is that like you see all of the staff with all of the protection possible, but you're like they have no choice; like they have to be here. This is what they have to do, and, and you're the one making them be like. This. We
1: know that masks are better at project for protecting people from um, giving the virus than they are from receiving the virus. Right. So the people that are wearing masks. The servers are protecting the customers by doing so. And the customers who are not wearing masks are putting these servers at risk by not doing so. And that is just very fucked up. Anyway, that's just for anyone who's listening, who's still going to restaurants. This is us. Lucas and Sandra saying, stop doing that. (laughs) Just take your food to go.
0: This is our quarantine corner advice. So, yeah.
1: and I feel a lot of empathy for, like, bar owners where that's not really a thing. You know, like, yeah. bars have, the whole point of bars is to be at the bar. Um, yeah. That sucks, and I want there to be some sort of relief for them. But too bad, not yet. It's too dangerous. Yeah. But back to, okay, back to movie theaters really quick. I yes. keep bringing up the, the possibility of a drive-in theater because that's... Yeah. You seem annoyed <laughs> by the fact that I keep bringing it up. <laughs> is it just because you don't have access to a drive-in or because you won't
0: It's it's know. mostly yeah because I don't have access to a drive-in. Yeah. And I don't I've never liked the um the audio quality of a drive-in because you're just listening through your car stereo. Well, that's... Which is is fine. It's not it's not bad, but it's not great for movies, I think.
1: That is the big thing is. So I'm going to I have a ticket to go see a drive-in movie at our local independent theater they set up like a drive-in in their parking lot and they're showing old movies and so I have a ticket to go do that for the nostalgia's sake and to support them but I'm pretty sure Tenant is going to be showing at the drive-in theater that's about an hour away from me um and there's a part of me, the part of me that wants to see the newest big movie that we do here yeah. on this podcast, that's like, <laughs> it's an option. Go do it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then there's another part of me that has a bunch of concerns. One, it's an hour drive. Two, I'd have to probably get there about two hours before showtime in order to get in. Um, yeah. It's a long time to wait. Um. And then three, my biggest thing is Tenet is the kind of movie where it's like, do I want to see it for the first time at the quality of a drive-in? And I I haven't decided (laughs) that yet. Like, part of me thinks no, and then the other part of me thinks, well, I'd rather see it than not see it at all, you know? So it's mm-hmm. something I'm still yeah. struggling with.
0: For me, like, movies in the park and drive-in movies are for movies that I've seen before. Um, yeah. Like, usually, like, older movies or kids' movies and stuff like that. And so I will always do that. But I will rarely go see a movie that I've never seen before at, like, in the park or at a drive-in or something like that. Just because I feel like, even at a drive-in, like, people don't treat it like they do in a movie theater. Like, people are talking, running around, getting snacks. Like, it's yeah. just not, like... It's not as focused yeah. or as quiet or as immersive I as say, I would want it to be. I say, I
1: think in the pandemic, people are now required to, like, stay in their cars.
0: That makes sense, yeah. So I
1: think it might be a little yeah. less rowdy. But the last drive-in yeah. in movie I saw was um, Creed. Um, and
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That was
1: a great experience. Um, nice. Yeah. And I'm trying to think. And then now I've done a bunch of movies. In my backyard, and that's been really fun as well. But I have a lot of control yeah. over that setup, so nice. Yeah. All right. Well, it'll be really awkward, Lucas, if I go to see Tenant and you haven't.
0: I know. Listen, if it, if it, if it's great, and it does end up being at a theater that I can get to, that's outside soon, <laughs> I will probably just suck it up and go. Would you drive um, an hour for it? An hour is so far. It's just, ugh, I might.
1: Yeah. Here's, I might here's do a better it. question. Are there other movies that are still like in talks for coming out soon that you definitely would over tenant?
0: I don't think so, because I think every good movie has decided to push it back.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and I think that's that's the other one of the things that's kind of annoying me is that like just push it back. I know. Like there's no yeah. reason to come out right now. Definitely. So part of me is also just being a little, you know a little bit of a boycott for that <laughs> but well, but do we have word on yeah. when
1: wonder woman 1984 is supposed to be
0: no we don't have a date for that okay so
1: but they're still so I don't think out there's trailers you know what i mean like
0: they are still putting out trailers right but i think my assumption would be they're thinking probably christmas like i think a lot of the movies are, are like the big blockbuster stuff yeah. are moving more towards november december area so yeah we'll see
1: really last good question when was dune yes. supposed to come out originally dune
0: was already december okay
1: but we think it might be pushed now they haven't
0: said anything about it being pushed yeah but i, I mean it's all i would assume everybody's at this point yeah yeah <laughs> are you in for help? you were so Let's talk about trailers and whether we are in or out on them. So first off, we got a lot of trailers this week, yes. but I want to start with The Batman. Robert Patterson. Robert Patterson? Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. You do this all uh, the time. Why do I do that? I don't know why. <laughs> I don't even know anybody named Patterson. Yeah. Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves, um, director of the Planet of the Apes movies, um, are teaming up to do another Batman movie. I originally was not super excited about this just because, again, it's another Batman movie and I... I wouldn't say I'm tired of them, but I I, I don't feel excited by them mm-hmm. anymore at this point. Um, especially with all the Zack Snyder stuff that's that's gone on. I'm just kind of over it. But I was actually really, really happy with this trailer. I think I'm still, you know, skeptical of, like, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, it's not something that I'm, like, ec- ecstatic or thrilled about. Um, but I really liked the trailer, and I really like Matt Reeves. Um, and it looks very interesting.
1: I don't know if I've ever seen a Matt Reeves film, so I don't really have any opinion on him, um, but I have seen our Pattinson film, and I have definitely seen what actually I'm most excited about is Zoe Kravitz performed before. Um, Zoe Kat- Kravitz is playing Catwoman in this new iteration, and I think that's the thing that excites me the most. Um, I- I'm a big Robert Pattinson fan, so when I heard he was cast, I was like, that seems like a really cool and interesting choice but Zoe Kravitz Catwoman feels right and cool. And her visual aspect in the trailer, I think is the thing that got me the most excited.
0: Yeah, I think I love the look of um of kind of her outfit yes. and I, I the look of everything in this trailer, I think, looks really good. They're saying it's more of a like a murder mystery, um, not a murder mystery, like a, uh, like a detective mystery noir um, movie, as opposed to like an action movie. And I think that excites me as well. Of just definitely give, give me detective Batman. I'm very interested in that.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. The the part that I don't like as much and that I've never liked about like a lot of the Batman movies is whatever that group of. Villainous characters that he confronts that seem a little mentally unhinged—I would say—that mm-hmm. has never been my thing. You know what I mean? Like the Batman deals yeah. with people who should like be in an in asylum, like that. I've never loved that about the franchise. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah, but that's fair. <laughs>
1: but the rest of it, I, I'm totally in.
0: um Well, speaking of detectives, our next one is Anola Holmes. Um, this is a Netflix movie. Um, that's coming out starring Millie Bobby Brown as the sister of Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes, uh, played hilariously by Henry Cavill and Sam and Sam Clafton. I've always thought they should play brothers. I just never expected it to be Sherlock and Mycroft <laughs> Holmes. Yeah,
1: the <So>. <laughs> <your> dorkiest brothers <laughs>
0: i know (laughs)
1: it is i mean it is just too funny to see henry cavill playing sherlock holmes it feels like a funnier die sketch it feels like oh we're casting for the new sherlock holmes and then only like the buffest most like chiseled (laughs) guys walk in and that's what's literally happening
0: i mean everybody thought it was funny originally when um um uh, Robert Downey Jr. played Sherlock Holmes. They're like, oh, really? You're gonna get a tra- an attractive, yeah. you know, buff guy to play Sherlock? And this just takes it to a whole nother well, level. At least
1: Robert Downey Jr. has like some age, and he's not like buff. Right, he's just like handsome. Exactly. Ugh. But
0: it's yeah. So I, I I am excited for this movie. I do think it'll be fun. I really like Millie Bobby, Millie Bobby Brown. Um, I think I think it'll be an interesting movie. I'm glad it's gonna be on Netflix.
1: I'm excited to see. I'm I, I am also excited for this movie. I'm excited to see her. Uh, play like something a little bit more lighthearted and fun, right? Because I feel like all we've seen is Stranger Things where she's playing kind of like an intense character. And I right. didn't see the Godzilla movie that she was in, but like I know she was in that. Um, yeah. I'm just excited to see like her being a fun girl, you know? Like <laughs> a child. Like, yeah,
0: we haven't really gotten a like, chance to, to see that. like the
1: youth. Like, <laughs> Um, yeah. And this looks this looks like a really cool, fun mystery, and we both love those.
0: Yep, 100%. Moving on to another mystery, we've got Death on the Nile, um, Kenneth Branagh's follow-up to Murder on the Orient Express. Um, this one, uh, obviously, a huge cast of awesome people. It's got Gal Gadot, um, Army Hammer, um, Annette Benning, Les- uh, Letit- Letitia Wright, uh, Rose Leslie... Um, and obviously, Kenneth Branagh is playing Hercule Poirot, um, based off the Ag- Ag- Agatha Christie novel of the same name. Um, I am obviously excited for this, because I, I have to be. Um, <laughs> everything about it seems great. Um, I didn't love Murder on the Orient Express. I thought it was fun. I thought it was enjoyable. I, I- it-, it wasn't great to me. So I don't have, like, high hopes for this, but I am excited about it.
1: I feel the same. I never saw Murder on the Orient Express, but... Um... This one looks a lot more glamorous than Murder did. Um, It does, yeah. And it's one of those things, when I saw that trailer, I was like, you know, this might not be a good movie, quote unquote, but this trailer, Mm -hmm. I'm having so much fun watching it. Beautiful movie stars, over-the-top setting, Kenneth Branagh doing an accent. I'm like, this is a a feast, you know, whether it's like good or not doesn't really matter to me. And this is something I think I'd be very happy to see and just watch beautiful people play out like an old yep, school definitely. movie, you yeah. know?
0: I this this is one that I'm very excited to to talk about once it comes out. Yes. <laughs> um so we'll yeah, we'll we'll see how it is.
1: Okay. And yeah. I'm not an Agatha Christie person, so like all these different ones that like obviously have been movies before and books i don't know mm-hmm. the stories behind them so like i don't know who the killer is in any of these or you know so i'm fresh yeah. fresh eyes
0: i think that's fun i think murder on the express is murder on the orient express is one that i think the most people kind of know the ending to mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm i'm curious kind of what his what the thought process was for a lot of people on like going into that movie kind of knowing the ending this is one that i feel like most people do not know at all yeah. so um i think it'll be i think it'll be a fun surprise overall yeah yeah And then last but not least, we have Ammonite. Um, This is a Francis Lee movie. I just said that without knowing. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Francis Lee movie, the director of uh, God's Own Country. Um, He's coming out with a movie uh, starring Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. Um, I I don't feel necessarily comfortable putting it in the same category as Portrait of a Lady on Fire because it's a period piece of two women falling in love. By the ocean. (laughs) Um, by the, yeah, by the ocean. Um, but it does have that similarity, um, so wait, why and are so you I'm, I'm very. With that? I, it just feels uh, like uh, like putting all the queer movies in one in one pile. Okay, just but because making
1: the case, it's yeah. not just just two queer movies that feel completely different, but they're queer, and we're putting them lodging them together, right? It's about it's it's
0: it's, it's true.
1: They feel. I think the trailer I think it, for this, and we haven't seen the movie. It's like there's a lot of similarities. It's like the the, the long the longing, the period piece of it all, the they're secluded by an ocean. I mean, this, this, these seem, like, very similar at, at high-concept movies. This isn't like we... I 100%... Carol and Portrait of a Lady Fire right. are, like, <laughs> yeah. exactly the same, just because they're about well, lesbians. Well, that's, that's
0: the thing. So, coming into this, I definitely felt like, okay, these are, like, they're not the same movie, blah, 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 because this happens all the time. Sure. Anytime anybody puts out a queer movie, people are like, well, it's like this other queer movie.
1: Right. That <laughs> and, definitely
0: And so... Right, right, and so I feel an aversion to it, but with this movie, because so many things are very, very similar, <laughs> I you have to compare them. So I'm very curious to see this movie and see what it's like. I also feel some aversion to it because of how much I liked Portrait of a Lady mm. on Fire. I'm like, I don't I, I don't want like some knockoff version right. of it, which I don't expect this to be. I think, Did you see God's I think this Country? is going to be a great movie. I still haven't seen God's, oh, God's Own Lucas. Country. Oh, so, Lucas. Um, but I... I know, I know. So I've heard it's amazing. I think he's going to do a great job with this. Um, I love Saoirse Ronan and Kate Winslet. So there's nothing to dislike about this movie except that it's very much like another movie that I really love. I
1: think once you watch God's Own Country, that apprehension will fade away because okay, you won't. It won't seem like oh, this movie is, you know, just doing something that we've already seen before. It'll feel like, oh, this director is perfectly suited for this type of movie. Um, God's Own Country, I think, is such a special gem. And, And it's also a queer love story. But there's... What I love about God's Own Country, compared to something like Portrait of a Lady on Fire or Call Me By Your Name, is that there's, like, a bitterness to it that you don't always get. Um... The main character is not, like, this fawning, like, beautiful queer person just, like, waiting for love. He's kind of like a dick. And I really appreciate, like, what that love story looks like. And I'm interested to see if any of those those notes of, like, bitterness or melancholy show up in Ammonite the way they did in God's Own Country. Um, I'm incredibly excited because those are two actresses that are incredible and i would be excited for whatever this director's second feature was i don't know if it's his second overall but like what's whatever came after god's own country um and the fact yeah. that it's this and i've heard really good buzz about it makes me even more excited
0: can't wait and movies are great
1: <laughs> your homework is to watch god's own country i have said i a will
0: i will definitely watch god's own country before this movie comes memory
1: out. memory of when we did our top 10 and that was my number 10 for the year. And I remember, I have a clear memory of you being like, oh, I knew I should have watched it.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was, how many years that ago? That was a long time ago. <laughs> so, snap,
1: snap.
0: I know. That is that is the problem when I do a lot of those like big pushes to get a lot of movies done before the end of the year. Right. Some of them that I like really wanted to, I still haven't gotten around to. So yeah. I, I have movies, I think, I from really like 2005 or 2015 that I'm just like, I... Was this was like the next movie I was gonna watch, and I still haven't watched yeah,
1: it. I can relate to that. My letterbox watch so. list is full of those.
0: All right, someday movies will come out again, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. um, so let's move into our summer catch up. So we have um, been doing a lot this summer. You know, been out and about, going to going to movies, going to birthday parties. <laughs> you know, lots of lots of the normal summer stuff that you're you're out and doing. Um, so. Yeah, so instead we've been actually staying home and doing nothing. So we, I wanted to kind of get together a bunch of the stuff that we've been consuming, um, a, a song, a book, a TV show, and a movie um, that have just either – that we've watched recently or kind of been with us this summer um, and just kind of share those. So let's start by talking about a song. Tell me, what is a song that you've been re- listening to recently?
1: So, you know – I was tr- looking through my Spotify account and like, oh, what music have I been enjoying? And it's really only been the Taylor Swift album. Like, that's, that's <laughs> it. I listen to podcasts and then Taylor Swift, and then I just go back and forth. Yeah. And we've already talked about the Taylor Swift album so in depth that I wanted to bring you something different. Um, so I scrolled a little bit further back, and I found this song that I was listening to um, more at the beginning of the like COVID shutdown, which is Take Yourself Home by Troy Savant. I'm tired of the city, scream if you're with me. If I'm on a die, let's die, so my pretty high uh, song city needs a mugin. If I'm on a beast, my side is gonna go. Take yourself home. He wrote this song about a breakup. Um And like kind of the pain involved in a breakup, but it surprisingly was very fitting for the pandemic. Um, the The main like lyric that gets repeated throughout the song is "I'm tired of the city." Scream if you're with me. If I'm gonna die, let's die somewhere pretty. And and (laughs) the rest and a lot of the song says, you know, take yourself home. And there's a part about being sad in the summer and and it's just a song about like sadness and getting away from um a place that doesn't feel conducive to your pain and 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 potential happiness it's like let me go somewhere where i can like feel like myself again um and that felt so strangely fitting for this pandemic that the idea that like if i'm going to die if i'm going to be cooped up somewhere if if something meaningful or important is going to happen to me, I want to to be in a place where I'm ready for it. And I feel like a lot of people were are we're reassessing their living situations, you know, like once the pandemic started. Mm,
0: yeah. <laughs> and
1: for me, that was not. I'm very happy in the home that I'm in and the city that I'm in. But it was more like I want to make my home feel as perfect as possible you know I want to make if I'm going to be spending all my time in this bedroom in this living room let's optimize it let's get it clean let's get rid of stuff let's refresh um, and this song has such a um, a melancholy that has been very fitting for me lately that you know I've really enjoyed so and plus I just love Troy Sivan and, and all the music he puts out
0: I don't think he's put out a record or a single that I'm that I've been um, against, I, I love all of his yeah. music. And so this, this has been, I think one of, one of my favorite events. Yeah. so, have um, you, it's been fun to have listen,
1: listen to Have you listened to the sure. new EP? I
0: haven't listened to the new EP yet. It's on my to-do yeah. list. <laughs> um, um, but I'm, I'm excited about yeah. it. What about you? Um, for me, there's a, there's a, uh, like an indie pop artist called Still Woozy, um, who is from Oakland. Um, and he puts out a bunch of just kind of very, um, low energy pop songs um, of just uh, like, like it, like it, like it, it is a lift, but it's not um, kind of like a dance song, but it's a song that I think I, are or- a lot of his songs kind of really to me lift your spirit and, um, kind of get you in the mood to just kind of hang out and, um, be outside. I love that. <laughs> and so like sitting on the porch has been nice. Um, we don't have a yard, um, in the city. And so just being able to sit on the porch and listen to music, um, has been really great. And so he has a song called window, um, which has a lot of like really cool guitar and synthesizer, um, stuff in it that just, uh, every time I put it on, it just kind of changes my mood about everything. So here's window by still Woodsy. Mm.
1: If I got one thing right it was you and me Will I go into the windows on my body see Come me closer please I don't even need you to explain how much longer will you keep me on your chain It's a lot of fun Yeah definitely I love any song that has like a groove like that
0: Yeah yeah definitely And I feel like I don't want like a dance music right now. (laughs) Okay. Um, I just want to like feel comfortable. Is really all I want.
1: Right. I get that. Yeah. I mean, the only dance song I've been listening to is rain on me. And and that feels like the exception. Yeah,
0: definitely. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, we've been doing some reading this, uh, this summer as well. So tell me about a book you've been reading.
1: I've been reading more than ever. Um, earlier in the summer, we talked about my love of romance novels and Mm -hmm. that's what I read. Um, So I think I also mentioned in that episode about how I have pretty particular tastes in romance novels, and I read a lot of them, but I actually don't love most of the ones I read. (laughs) Like I'll start one, and then I'll think, oh, this is actually not very good, but I have to finish it, you know, because I have a compulsion where I have to finish whatever book I start. And Mm -hmm. um, recently, I read one, and I was so surprised at how good it was. Um, It really... I started reading it at night, and I couldn't put it down, and I stayed up till 4.30 in the morning until I finished the book. Um, wow. I know. And so that book is called If I Never Met You, and it is – I would say that is a very bad title. I don't like that title. <laughs> I don't think it's very relevant to the book. It's kind of cheesy and forgettable. Um, but it's a very good book nonetheless. So If I Never Met You, it's written by um, Mary McFarlane, um, and – It is a very classic rom-com presence, uh, premise, which is this woman breaks up with her boyfriend and, or, you know, goes through a breakup and they work together and she wants to make him jealous. And there's another guy at, um, her law firm where she works who needs to have a steady girlfriend to like make himself look good to the partners at the law firm. And so the two of them decide to like be in a fake relationship. Um, Classic, Classic. you know, rom-com setup. And, and it's about the two of them, you know, hanging out, pretending like they're dating. And of course, like developing feelings for one another. And so you go thinking like, Oh, what a great cheesy setup. Like I'm here for the flirting and the, and the, you know, romance. And what was really surprising about this book was how emotionally intimate and intelligent it was about not, you know, romance or flirting, but the issues that each of those different characters are going through. Um, In the lead character's case, her, like I said at the beginning, you know, she goes through a breakup, but the book is way more about this breakup and her pain than it is about like this new developing romance, in in the very beginning of the book, her partner of like fifteen years, who she wasn't married to, decides to leave her for another woman, uh, kind of out of the blue. And a lot of the book is about like how do you recover from that emotionally? Yeah. Um, and I was really impressed with its maturity. You know it. I feel like a lot of romance novels have sort of like an immature view of relationships. And this book does not. This book felt so devastating and emotionally true. And, I, and I'm using these words like devastating. This is not like a super sad book. Like it's it, it's still a rom-com, you know. Um, yeah. But like those certain chapters where she is in like immediately going through the breakup you know the the book doesn't say like oh i just broke up it it starts right with the breakup and you kind of live through that and um i was just so impressed by it um and you know the other character goes through his own personal tragedies that i think were also like really deftly handled um i just really recommend it i think if you like stories about adults dealing with adult issues um this is a good one in in the in the trappings of a fun rom-com which i think is like the perfect package for
0: me yeah so that's especially during the summer that's what you need. (laughs) exactly
1: yeah so that's if i never met you by i think it's mary mcfarland but her first name is spelled m-h-a-i-r-i
0: oh boy wow okay good yeah
1: it's british also um which i took a little time to get used to but you know
0: (laughs) which is fine love it (laughs) Um, well, I read, um, The Huntress by Kate Quinn this summer. Um, have you read any Kate Quinn novels? No, I'm not familiar. Um, she writes a lot of, um, kind of historical fiction. Um, basically women's, like women in a lot of famous historical events. So she's written a couple books about, um, just women in world war two, um, and kind of different roles that women play. Um, I make it sound more, um, historical and, uh, I don't know it's it's they're they're fictional novels they're fun they're enjoyable but they're very focused on on women in world war ii and roles that you haven't necessarily uh heard about um so her first not her first book but the other book that i read of hers the alice network is um about um some female code breakers and spies um during world war ii this one the huntress um is about um a team who's post-world war ii tracking down um A lot of ss officers and nazi affiliates um and taking them to trial and one of the people that they're hunting down is a um is a nazi war criminal who moves to the states and she becomes um, a quiet housewife just trying to um hide from her past and so it's about it's about her and her kind of living with her new family and then the team who's um coming to track her down and it's a really interesting story just about um, about how to, you know, about, you know, getting away from, (laughs) from your past, um, as well as, Um, how that past hurts so many people um, unintendedly and just kind of what what that looks like. So it's a very interesting story. I really liked it a lot. Um, And I'm interested, I know she's done some other ones about um, like Rome and I'm interested in in reading more of her stuff.
1: I haven't read historical fiction since I was like very young. That was like my jam when I was a kid and a preteen.
0: I read a lot of historical fiction. Yeah. This, yeah. For I read sure. a
1: lot of especially about royals that was mostly my thing was like <laughs> oh, historical fiction yeah. about king henry the eighth and everyone related to king henry the eighth yeah <laughs> oh boy yeah
0: yeah i i i think i think kate quinn has a really good um touch for historical fiction and you can tell she's done a lot of history and a lot of the stuff that she's writing are based on like true um True events. Cool. So a lot of a lot of the the people like she's basing it off of real people, even if the whole story is fictional. Um, and so it's it's really interesting to hear kind of the detail that she goes into um, with with these books. So yeah, I'd recommend it. Very cool. Um, so moving on to TV shows. So um, I think <laughs> I think now a perfect time to watch a lot of TV. Um, I've mostly been watching very calm, um, <laughs> very chill stuff. Um, but what have you been watching?
1: So. I have been watching um, I May Destroy You on HBO. Um, have you gotten into this at all, Lucas? It sounds like no. I
0: have not even started it. I heard – wh- this is what I heard. I heard it was a great show. I heard it's all about a sexual assault um, that happens in the first episode. And I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. yeah.
1: so it's – here's the thing. It is It is probably a masterpiece in my opinion. I think this yeah. show yeah. – like is something that you don't want to miss, even though I get why you were avoiding it. Because I would be too, you know, we're all kind of avoiding things that are about, like, pain and tension right now, right? Um, And that is what this show is about. (laughs) But it is also, it's about a lot more, and I think you'll be glad that you watched it, because it's so, so good. So, yes, I May Destroy You is, um, written, starred in, um, produced by Michaela Cole um, for the BBC and for HBO. And it is based on real events that happened in her life where she was writing one night and she left, took a break from writing to go out with some friends. And while she was out, she was sexually assaulted. Um, And then the show is about the same thing. It's she plays a fictional version of herself that is a writer who that happens to in the very first episode Um, and then the rest of the season is about reckoning with that. Um, and I think when the series started, I think, okay, this whole season is going to be about this one character reckoning with this one assault, right? And how that affects her life and her friends. And then what it turned out to be is a season that is about the spectrum of sexual assault. Um, I, as someone who, like, thinks about and cares about sexual assault a lot, um, and the people who, like, are survivors of sexual assault, I'm a big believer in the fact that, like, it's not just, like, rape or nothing, right? There is a whole spectrum of ways that people can, like, abuse and, and harm people in sexual manners and... Those, they're not all the same and they don't all have the same consequences, but they all deserve to be analyzed and discussed and, and, and like healed from, you know? Um, and so that's what this show is about. We have every different episode, I think, examines a different way someone has been taken advantage of, has been harmed, um, and, and they're all very nuanced, um, and I think that's what I love the most about this show is that this show is, its strongest factor is its ability to be nuanced. Um, even, like, obviously the person who, like, commits, who, who rapes her in the beginning, like, roofies her, rapes her. Like, we have this, like, villainous cast in our mind about that event, right? Um, but the rest of the series, you know, there are things that, bad things that people do and the show is about reckoning like the humanity of it all it's about saying like this is bad but is this person bad and or is this person bad and this thing is bad but maybe like there's a nuance to that situation and that is not saying that it's making excuses for rape or sexual assault it definitely does not do that which i appreciate but it adds like a human element to these stories that Victims aren't perfect, and perpetrators are obviously not perfect, and all these messy actions and emotions are blended together, and how do we, like, unpack those and heal from them? Um, it's really good. It's just really, really good. And it's incredibly tense. There, Most of the show, I had the same, like, tense feeling that I had in the car scene in eighth grade. You know how we've talked about like the tension you hold in that one particular scene. That was me like the entire show, like watching I May Destroy You except for the moments where they get to be really like playful and funny, which there are plenty of those. Um, so you do have to like live with a lot of tension when you're watching this show, but I think it's worth it for the way that it like talks about these issues and ways that most media just simply does not even shows that talk about assault have a very black and white view of it, and there's nothing there there's nothing black and white about this show, which I love I think that's why it's such good art um the show also like incorporates the way people our age and maybe people younger than us <laughs> I should say um use technology in a way that I don't think most modern day medias fully understands yet. Like, this show understands that social media and texting and dating apps um, are, like, intricately woven into all of our experiences and does, have like, a very good job of um, portraying that and also portraying the harms of that. Um, so I really, really loved it, and I think it should be something that everybody
0: watches yeah this is definitely something that i will watch this along with uh normal people i think is something that i'm just like i will watch this this is on my list it's happening um and so i'm i'm excited to to eventually be able to jump back into this well on a little bit of a lighter note um what i've been watching on the tv side is bob's burgers Um, i usually i'm usually not a big fan of adult animation um but bobs burgers is something that i've been watching for it feels like many 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 years um it feels like it's just been on forever but i think it started in 2011 so i think we we have like 10 seasons of this um but i mean it's just a family running a burger restaurant if you haven't if you haven't heard of it before it's just um the antics of a of a fun family which is uh, the basis the basis for most adult animation <laughs> um but i think the what i really love about it is it is very um wholesome and loving i feel like a lot of adult animation is snarky and cynical and jaded and this is just um a fun show about the ridiculousness of um of kids and their parents and i feel like they really get the kids right the kids don't necessarily feel like um uh like uh, precocious adults um th- they have that to some point um but but they also feel like kids and they're going through kid kid issues and it's it's fun to just have 30 minutes with the family and then everything's resolved at the end um this is has been become our, our downstairs show so um yeah. <laughs> our bedroom's downstairs and so we have a tv in our bedroom and so it's the t- it's the tv show that we'll watch if we're just like laying in bed or like folding laundry or something like that We'll we'll, we'll put that on so we have our upstairs show and our downstairs show. And this is definitely our downstairs I show. Love that.
1: <laughs> I haven't watched Bob's, Burg- Bob's Burgers in a while. Like, I used to be dedicated, yeah. like, wouldn't miss an episode. And it's been a few seasons since I've checked in. So that's something I should re- yeah. revisit. I remember... Yeah,
0: it's fun. It's on Hulu. So it's just, I. there are many seasons that I haven't seen just because I haven't caught up in a long time. And so it's just, it's all right. there.
1: I remember a tweet that made me laugh about saying someone being just eternally stressed out by... the the Bob's Burgers family financial situation. It's like, (laughs) there are not enough customers in that restaurant. Every time Mr. Fish comes in, I go, oh, no.
0: Oh, man, it's true. They are always on the cusp of, like, not bankruptcy, but, like, they're never doing well financially. So it's...
1: (laughs) But I also appreciate that about it. I appreciate media about people that, like, don't have a lot of money because so much of our media is about people that, like, you, you don't want that to be the conflict that's focused on um right so when right. it does get shown i appreciate yeah. it
0: yeah um yeah it's an enjoyable show that's just kind of i feel like it's something that is always there to be consumed and so there's always a a, a new episode to, to kind of put on when you have 30 minutes so it's been great but, all right now the big one let's talk about movies
1: Here's the thing. I just want to start us off by saying, though it may not seem like it, I do try to seem cool on this podcast. Okay? (laughs) I try not to bring picks that are going to embarrass me. Um, I try to bring something that's, like, new or interesting or unique or cool. um, And I can't do that with the movie category. And the main reason I can't do that is because... For some reason, during this pandemic, I've had an aversion to watching new movies. I don't know. Have you felt that way also, Lucas? Like, you just want to rewatch things that you, like, are comfortable with?
0: I have definitely felt that a lot. Um, I, I think part of it is there haven't been a lot of good movies that, you know, I've been that have a lot of buzz and that I've been excited about. Um, but yeah, definitely more of a nostalgia um, reflex for me. Because
1: I have... I feel like I have a ton of movies that are new that I haven't watched. Like I haven't seen, um, King of Staten Island, never rarely, sometimes always, Shirley, uh, she dies tomorrow, the way back. There's like a bunch that I still haven't seen. And Mm -hmm. yet I keep rewatching things that I just like, either know I'll like, or I I have some sort of nostalgia factor. So that's what I did last night. Um, Robert Pattinson has been, like, very – it's about to be his year, you know? He has Tenet possibly coming out, the devil all the time. He, we just got the trailer for the Batman that we talked about. And so I decided to jump back into Twilight. Oh, boy. I know. Here's the thing. Here's – I want to explain myself. Um, my friend and I realized, like, we haven't seen them in years. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time on TikTok – And (laughs) the TikTok, Twilight is something that is not just for like our generation. Like the teens still know Twilight, you know what I mean? (laughs) And it gets referenced a lot on there. The music gets used a lot on TikTok. And so it's, it's, and then see, again, seeing Robert Pattinson all over the place has like made me think about like, what were those early performances like? Um, So last night we watched the first Twilight movie and we're planning on watching all of them. And it was such a weird and fun experience. Now, I just want to say, I know that this movie, and I I don't remember the others. I I either didn't see them or haven't seen them in a long time. But I know that that first one is not a good movie. I'm not trying to say it is, okay? But it is Mm -hmm. so interesting to watch, I think. It is... First of all, the Twilight books, did you read them at all, Lucas? I did. They're really weird. Yep. <laughs> the books are so strange. Um, and by, you know, proxy, the movies are also very weird. And I find that weirdness very fascinating to, like, dissect. Um, <laughs> I find Stephanie Meyer's Mormonism really weird and funny to, like, dissect in these stories. Um, and then what? But what's... I really enjoy watching this movie for is Catherine Har- the Catherine Hardwick of it all. She is like a very strange but visually interesting director. And there's a lot of the stuff in this movie that's like not very good. But then as you're watching it, there are so many like cool aspects where you just think like, wow, this part of the movie is cool and I am enjoying it. The set design is really beautiful throughout the whole film. And I feel like the movies lose the beauty of like this, the surroundings that the first movie like really embraced. Um, And there's just like certain little um, quirky scenes where I think like, I don't know that like a male blockbuster movie director that they ended up getting later on would have included something as interesting and fun as this in the way Catherine Hardwick did. So we had a lot of fun just like watching it and like, questioning it and making fun of it um i think robert pattinson and Kristen stewart are like doing their best with the material they have um it is funny to again see their origin and knowing what kind of movie stars they would become after this um yeah so that was that was our movie that we decided to watch last night nice yeah
0: (laughs) that's uh very surprising (laughs) i would never have guessed that here's the thing
1: (laughs) The other movies I've been watching, we've been catch- I, I showed Linda all of the Mission Impossible movies. Um, I watched Die Hard for the first time. I'm just not actually watching that many movies, though. Um- yeah that when that was the hardest one of these to come up with an answer for because that's just not been my priority lately
0: totally i feel like movies in general are just like a lot to get into at the moment which is weird because i would feel like that's how i'd feel about tv shows like tv shows are just so much more time commitment everything like that but i think it's the um the the at once commitment whatever you would call that. Is just that i have to sit for two hours watching a movie right. Where I can put on like a 30-minute or 45-minute TV show and then move on to something else, which is about all I can handle at the moment.
1: Sure. So what movie have you been watching?
0: Yeah. So also um – Uh, yesterday i put on uh black panther let me back up my wife put on black panther (laughs) and i walked in the room and was like okay i'll watch this um i was resistant to it i think at first just because since chadwick boseman um died recently i feel like that's been something that everybody's been doing is watching black panther and i was just kind of like i don't want to do that i it it's that's too painful (laughs) um but watching him in this role i feel like he is an incredible actor um and someone who i don't think um i don't think you can get anybody else to play this character um with the gravitas and the stateliness and the kind of power that he has um and i it's just also such a good movie i think i had a lot of qualms with the the last i think 30 minutes of it um just the fight scene the just the way all of that kind of plays out at the end of that movie, um, I don't think is great and feels very, like, basic Marvel movie to me. Right. But I think, like, the themes, the performances, um, just the the way the story is told throughout is really, really good. And I, I really enjoy that movie.
1: You know, when we got the news about Chadwick Boseman's death, I immediately thought of the time when you and I did a movie review of his film marshall yes um about thurgood marshall where he played thurgood marshall um and that's like a movie that i don't think comes up a lot in conversation in regards to like his filmography um Mm -hmm. but we did a review about it and i remember really liking it and (laughs) yeah surprisingly of all the Thinking of all the things to rewatch, you know, in his honor, that's the one that I was leaning towards more.
0: Um, yeah, definitely. In uh, his short stint as a Hollywood Hollywood star, I think he did so many biopics. He he kind of started with Jackie Robinson. He played James Brown. He played Thurgood Marshall. Um, and he played who else did I he think play? I, I feel th- like he played. I thought
1: it was just those three. Was it just those yeah.
0: three? Um, but I remember. Well, anyway, yeah.
1: In that episode, we played our intro question i believe was like what next biopic should chadwick boseman do and yeah when he when i heard that he died i remember thinking okay they like those he he doesn't get to play any of those like those are no longer like dreams that we get to have
0: yeah it's and he's he was like he was also someone to me who felt very young Mm -hmm. um even though like what was he 40 he was 42 when he when he when he died um but he to me he always seemed like someone like in his early 30s (laughs) so um he just also felt like someone who was just going to be around forever um and so he i mean he passed due to due to colon cancer who and it was very surprising i think he he had only really told his family um um, ryan kugler put out a, a great statement on i think instagram um just kind of talking about um just his love for Chadwick Boseman and and kind of everything that they've been through, and the, he didn't even know. Um, and they were prepping Black Panther too. That is so really I think, wild
1: to me. The secrecy aspect. Not that I'm judging it, but that yeah, it's that's It's a hard secret to keep, and it is um, a hard thing to walk with.
0: But to me, now that it's been done, I'm kind of like, I would do that. That sounds like a great way to <laughs> to handle it of just not tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think especially when you're at, when you're at that level with that level of. Um, uh, or that lack of privacy, I think, I think trying to keep that a secret and not let that affect everybody's conversation with you from there on out um, is probably a, a smart thing to do and probably made, made it much easier on, on him and his family yeah. as they were going through this. So,
1: I, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. When a movie star like this passes away, who is tied to current ongoing major movie productions... Like, when Carrie Fisher passed away, when Chadwick Mm. Boseman, you know, just recently passed away. Um, I can't, I'm trying to think of other big examples. Um, is it insensitive to publicly, like you and I are doing on a podcast, discuss, like, what do we think that movie production's gonna do moving forward?
0: I don't think it is. I think, um... As long as it's after you've talked about, <laughs> you know, the, the passing of the person. Right. If your first question is, all right, so let's talk about what Marvel's going to do now for Black Panther. Sure. To me, that that, that feels insensitive. Totally. But, I mean, it obviously is a question that everybody has um, and that I don't think Marvel was prepared for yeah. um, since they didn't really know. Um, and so I, I, I don't think it's insensitive to, to have that conversation. Do you
1: have any thoughts or ideas or wonderings about what they'll do moving forward
0: i was thinking about it as as we we're as i was kind of watching it i was like based on the story like like what makes a lot of sense and one thing that does come up in the movie is um uh Lapita character mm-hmm. taking over when, when they do think that 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 the black panther is dead right um is, is, is her taking it on, and I I think she's a great actress, and I would love to see her in the role. I would also love to see Latisha Wright, um, you know, do do something, um, with it. So I think I think they have possibilities, yeah. um, to move forward with it. Um, it's just going to be very different. Yeah. <laughs> I think Lupita, Lupita so.
1: Nyong'o makes the most sense on a movie star level. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel like I adore Latisha Wright's performance, and I think that would also be a really interesting movie. I would actually like. I think I might prefer that as a movie, but from Mm -hmm. an optics perspective, you know, Lupita Nyong'o is, like, a a movie star, like, and it would feel like they're passing on the torch to someone, like, ready to take it, and also I feel like she's carried herself in such, like, a really respectful manner, like, as her fame has grown, in a way that also, like, I trust her to take on, like... This legacy, Um definitely, and I, uh, yeah. So, I think that that would be very interesting. And I think we don't have as many like, you know, woman characters that are the leads in these Marvel franchises. And so that would be a, a, a great way to like get our numbers up, you know. It would. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I asked that because so. I think if it had been a different franchise, a different hero. Story, I would say, like, okay, you just retire it, you know? Like, right. But right. the Wakanda story and all those performances from all those other actors in that movie are so like good and powerful that it feels like we don't need we shouldn't be just closing cutting this off you know what i mean this is something we definitely want to keep going
0: yeah i am very curious to see how it's handled moving forward and i'm i'm sure we'll hear some stuff soon um i i do trust ryan kugler so i'm and he's i mean he's been writing the second movie so i'm curious to see kind of what his thoughts are on on transitioning um but i agree that i don't think this is a this is one that you you scrap and and move on yeah. um i think this just this franchise means so much to so many people so um i think they'll move forward it's just trying to figure out exactly how so, well, it's a downer to end on, but <laughs> that's kind of what, what, what we've been, uh, been been consuming this sure. summer. So um, we would love to hear any recommendations you guys have as kind of more stuff comes out on uh, all of these categories. Songs, books, TV shows, movies, whatever. Send us your recommendations. Uh, you can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. And you can find me on all social
1: platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. All right. We'll see you. Bye. Thank you.
0: Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go Go away i'll see you soon okay that's it go home yeah move along padre goodbye old friend that's it that's our show for tonight people